You're listening to the Winsight Podcast Network. Take your industry insights to the next level by becoming a restaurant business subscriber. Go to restaurantbusinessonline.com, click on the blue subscribe button in the upper right-hand corner, enter promo code PODCAST23, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-23, to get your first month of RB Basic for free. After promo period, current rates apply. Now, please enjoy this episode of A Deeper Dive. What do you do with Pueo Tropical? Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business, and in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with Alex Macedo, the Chairman of Authentic Restaurant Brands, to talk about that company's recent purchase of Pueo Tropical. Authentic Restaurant Brands, or ARB, is owned by the private equity firm Garnett Station Partners. Macedo is a former executive with Burger King and Tim Hortons, and he is overseeing a multi-concept operator, which also owns Permonte Brothers, PJ Wellahans, and Mambo Seafood. Now, Pueyo Tropical has long struggled to expand outside of its home state of Florida, so much so that buyers were reticent to acquire the company when it was put on the market two years ago. Alex talks about that and he discusses why he believes there is plenty of growth in Florida and nearby states. He also talks about ARB's acquisition plans, how many companies it is talking with, what types of companies it is talking with, and what the company does once it acquires a restaurant chain. It is an interesting conversation with the chairman of a new multi-concept operator, so please have a listen. Alex Macedo. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. All right, super. Why don't you just start by uh, telling us what you do? Well, currently, I'm an operate, the lead operating partner for Garnett Station uh, Partners. Garnett Station is a pri- private equity company from New York. Uh, we manage around $2.5 billion in assets, and most of what we do is multi-unit retail. And I'm, I'm an operator in the group, right? I'm not an investor, although I participate in the investing decisions. I'm really close to the companies out in the markets, you know, visiting our locations and working with the management teams to, to drive us. So I'm 100% a core operator. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys just completed a pretty interesting deal, did you not? We did. We just, we just closed on the acquisition of Poya Tropical, a brand that we all love here in South Florida. And it's amazing to have the portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask a question that I think uh, is... Um, one of the issues that's always been with Pueyo Tropical, and I think Pueyo Tropical, I, I think it's a very interesting and tends to be underappreciated concept. In fact, I, I told uh, I told Matt uh, at Garnett Station specifically that that was my opinion on it. Um, and, uh, you know, but it's always never been able to make it outside of Florida. In fact, that has been the challenge, you know, that it, it took almost two years for that chain to be sold. What is the, the the plan for that company? How can you get that working outside of Florida? Sure. Let, let me tell you a little bit about why we love the business. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, I think once you understand why we love the business, then perhaps, it, perhaps it's easier to understand what we're going to do with it. But the reason we love the business, we bought it under a portfolio called Authentic Restaurant Brands, which is a platform that we created about two and a half years ago in which we source and look for the best and most loved restaurant concepts in America, right? Mm -hmm. And then we put them in this portfolio. And what we do is we add technology and science to these brands so that they they grow even more, right? Uh, All these brands have three things in common. They have very high volumes. 
They have very high margins and they have fans, not guests, right? People that love the brand. Poyo fits right in, right? So Poyo is a QSR concept. Effectively, it's a QSR. Some call it a like a fast, casual, elevated QSR, however you want to call it. The fact is, you know, those boxes, they push out over $3 million in revenue uh, with very high margins in the 20s. And and people swear by it, right? If if you're if if you're anywhere in Florida that has a Poyo Tropical, it's very difficult to, to swing by and, and that there's not a line in the drive-through. Now we identified during the diligence we've been tracking Poyo for a long time and trying to understand, you know, why hasn't the big expansion worked, right? And there's a few reasons for that. Before we get there, we actually think there's enormous opportunity to increase the footprint of Poyo Tropical in Florida, mm-hmm. right? If you combine McDonald's, um, Burger King. Uh, and Wendy's in Florida, there's thousands, and we only have 135 Poyo Tropicals, right? Mm-hmm. And those 135, they're all drive-throughs, right? So, so the, the first step of our of, of what we want to do is we want to add science, we want to add technology, we want to drive that top line, we want to simplify the kitchens, and we want to occupy density, build density in Florida. We're big believers in building density. Now, we want to take them eventually, obviously, outside of Florida, right? Now, in the past, what they've tried doing, they've tried going to states that are very, very far from, uh, from where Pio Tropical mm-hmm. is. And I would dare say perhaps something that you don't know, uh, and some of those attempts actually changed the menu of the brand to do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we, we identify that as something that, you know, the, the way they were cooking the, kit, the chicken, uh, which is like the core of the brand. It's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take Burger King to California, but I'm going to change the way the Whopper is done. That, that's probably, that probably reduces your chances. Perhaps, you know, there, there's, I'm sure there's a bunch of really good reasons behind that. Uh, we haven't really dealt in and, but we're, we're going to, we're going to understand why they feel. So the, the way we like to do business, Jonathan, it's, it's, it's really interesting. We are obsessive copiers, right? Uh, our marketing teams are full of engineers and mathematicians. And what we do is we analyze and scrutinize the data like crazy. And then we benchmark. We find whoever does it best. And then we copy. And then we test. And if it works out, we roll it out again. Very rarely do we have very unique ideas. We, we take no pride in that. We, we're more than fine to copy. So that's what we're going to do with Poyo. We're going to understand uh, expansion of other similar concepts to Poyo uh, and how they expanded you know, throughout the country. And I'm sure we're going to find two or three that did it in a very effective way that we can copy. And then we're going to rock and roll and copy and, you know, and expand. Uh, but to begin with, the plan is just to drive the top line, make sure our teams are delivering a great guest, guest experience and density in Florida. Density in Florida is a word that you're going to hear a lot over the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned you have only 135 locations yep. in Florida. And you know, I did some math. And uh, McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's, I think, combined have 2,000 locations. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you just average out those uh, those three brands alone. I mean, you could grow multifold um, in Florida. And that's how we're seeing this. Without, you know, um, without touching foot outside the state. And that's exactly how we're seeing this. Right. I mean, we want to keep the door open to, to take it to other places, but... In Florida, no, it could be monumental. You know, if, if we open 30 locations, that's huge, right? And a base of 135. So, and I think there's 30 amazing locations out there just waiting for a Poyo. So, you know, we're going to take our time. I think now is really, you know, whenever, whenever you acquire a company in the first six months, 
are always, you know, you, you're trying to dance with a new dance partner and you're stepping on each other's toes a little bit. But, but, but as the music plays, you start, you know, you start dancing a little bit better. And, and that gives us then that will give us the, the comfort to, to start building locations and, and to start, you know, uh, growing the brand like we want to. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, it's uh, pretty refreshing to hear somebody um, uh, buy a concept and not immediately say, yeah, we're going to take this thing national quickly. We're going to start franchising the brand. We're just going to ramp up growth real quickly. And then, of course, the thing flames out. Oh, you'll love this. So, uh, you know, I, I worked for Burger King for a long time and Tim Hortons, mm-hmm. and I have many, you know, franchisee friends all around the, uh, all around the, the continent, effectively. Yeah. The first call I got, we announced a deal was from a former colleague of mine wanted to take Poyotropic out to Maine uh, for us, the franchise in Maine. I said, listen, listen uh, we might get there one day, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, while we, while we own the business. But, and I got, I got calls from Canada as well. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't think that's a plan for us just yet. I think we, we really, we believe in this concept of the regional powerhouse. So we're not going to Maine anytime soon, and we're probably not going to go to Canada anytime soon either. Right now, that's kind of the that's kind of the acquisition plan. Your your plan, your strategy, Airbnb's strategy is not really just to, you know, buy a bunch of concepts that are are national scope. Uh, talk a little bit about that, could you? Yeah. So uh, listen, we buy brands that we think are amazing, but these brands, you know, the other brands. Poyo is the biggest brand on the platform. We have three other brands: Mambo Seafood, which is a seafood platform in Houston, with six million dollar volume. Very good family business, 20% margins. Uh, we have uh, Primanti Brothers in the pit, larger Pittsburgh area that has around you know, 45 units. It's been around for 90 years. And then we have PJ Wellhams, which, which has about you know, 28, 29 units in the greater Philadelphia area. And these are fantastic concepts, but because they're small, you know, they, sometimes they don't have access to all this advanced financial structuring or marketing intelligence or data analytics. And we come in when something that's beautiful and we just, as I, as I told you, we analyze and we copy, but there's, there's very basic things. I'll give you an example. Mambo seafood, for example, we bought it. And when you got served at Mambo, you would get to the table, they'd give you three menus, right? And we asked, why do you give people three menus, right? That's really confusing. They said, no, we used to give them two but then, you know, we added a few things to, to the menu. So then we give them three, right? And, I, and we asked, well, how do you prioritize what's on the menu? Like, where are your best stuff? Oh, no, no, we just, that's, that's how it's been. So what do we do? We hire the best non-creative company in the planet. And they go out and now it's on one menu. And it's all ordered by order of importance and drive the sale. So immediately you add $3 in check. And, and just the order taking process is five or six minutes quicker. So you, it's, it's not really rocket science what we're doing. Uh, it's just we've been around so many different restaurant concepts that we just pick and choose of what we know. And then if we don't know, we go out and search, copy, and then implement. So that, that, that's what, what it is. So that we have an ARB team. We have an ARB team led by Felipe Atayde, who was the CEO of Popeyes. And he has seven people on his team, all veterans. And they're, we call them the travel agency, right? So what they have to do is they have to suggest best practices from the industry and from inside our own brands to the other brands. We let them run very independent, but they have to influence, you know, the CEOs of these companies to 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 to, to implement some of these initiatives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Promonti Brothers is always an interesting concept to me because that's been around for a long time. It's been, you know, it's you know, it's it's sort of a local institution, and there's always been a sense. I mean, it it you know, it's received investment cash before. There's always there was a sense that hey this thing has 
has legs, it can get national. It never really got very well. Far. They tried it. Yeah. You know the main the, the main approach that I told mm-hmm. you. They kind of tried it. So yeah. an investment group bought the concept and and they took it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, to Indiana and and uh, Indiana for sure, and maybe even Ohio. So they traveled, you know, 20 hours, uh, not the 20 minutes that we like. And mm-hmm. and what happened is people kind of don't understand. I don't know if for those of you that don't know Permantis, it has a very, very unique sandwich mm-hmm. that is huge and it has coleslaw in it and it has fries inside the sandwich. And it's, it's very unique, yeah. uh, delicious, very unique. So what happened when, when they took it too far was that, you know, the guests would come in and they, they'd order chicken wings, pizza, burgers, right? And mm-hmm. they had no understanding for what the brand was about. So it, eh, it didn't do much. Now, since we acquired the businesses, we've opened several permanties. and But we always open them 20 minutes after the next one. And the sales volumes and the returns are fantastic because people understand it. So perhaps one day we get to Ohio, right? But we're going to get there going, going, you know, county by county until we get there. Or even better, we'll just buy whatever is the Primantis brand in Ohio. There's actually a couple that we like a lot over there. Mm-hmm. Was that sort of an issue with, with, with Quayo Tropical? Because it's a Caribbean brand. You know, and and yeah. it's you know. See, it, it is a Caribbean brand. There's a, a lot of Cuban influence, but yeah. you know what they serve is the freshest grilled chicken you can ever get your hands on. It's fantastic. They marinate it for 24 hours. Is as fresh as it gets. It's on the grill. Is I think we have we we can actually increase uh, our our addressable market if we promote that it's very fresh grilled chicken. The rice is cooked in house. The beans are cooked in house. It's a special recipe. It takes forever. You know, it's good, healthy food for a very, very, very attractive price. Right, right. And the you know the 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 margins on that company was all were have always been been impressive. It's um, insane. Yeah. yeah, on a larger scale, I mean, you know, that would be would be absolutely celebrated for sure. Yeah, you never really could just uh, you know never really could get that so now you got a bunch of uh uh former rbi guys with you this is a very different uh operation is it not yeah it is i mean you know i have some specialists from that we work that worked together with me down in my rbi days but but effectively you know we we try to get people that understand multi-unit retail if you look at the brands very rarely do we change the leadership in the, in the acquired brands mm-hmm. uh, but if you look at ARB and the people we have there, you know, that management team for the holding company is almost like a franchisor, right? Because we let the companies be very independent and we try to influence and persuade them to test and try some new ideas to improve the business. That's kind of exactly what we used to do in our days with franchisees. So we thought it was appropriate to get people with that kind of experience, uh, the, the, the travel aging agency that I call and the influencing abilities. So, so that's how we got, you know, uh, Felipe and George Zayden that have worked with me at Tim Hortons uh, and a couple of others to join us. And it's, it's, it's easier to work with people that, that you've known for more than 10 years. So mm-hmm. that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, do you take it, what kind of uh, other lessons are you taking from, from RBI uh, that you're addressing here or using here? I think just, uh, you know, w- w- one of the things that I think RBI did extremely well uh, not so much in the U.S. because, you know, Burger King was already 7,500 7, locations in the U.S. But but with Popeyes, they, they've done a fantastic job. I, I just read recently that Popeyes are now bigger than KFC in the country and all that. It wasn't, right? 
and, and what they what they do very well on the growth part on building new locations. Again, a team of scientists and engineers, a lot of software, uh, which is how they did it very successfully with Popeyes here in the United States, I believe. And you know, they're just a mindset that RBI has always had of net restaurant growth is something that that I think we all appreciate. We know it's very difficult, but that having a mindset that we're going to grow, that we're going to drive sales, and we're going to drive new units, that's something that you know it's it's very present in our lives as we acquire these businesses. Mm-hmm. Now, now your your plan is to keep acquiring additional businesses. Yeah, talk a little bit about that if you can. Yeah, so so you know, so far we focused on kind of two platforms. If you look at it, we we kind of, we, we we like the segment of the sports bars and of the Hispanic consumer, and I'll get into why we like that. And we're not restricted to those. Uh, and perhaps, you know, we just look for the best brands. In the beginning, it was easier for us to focus on those segments to test out the theory, right? So we, we, we like the sports bar angle because live sports continues to grow. Live sports is very sticky and it brings people to the locations and it, 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 it creates a community, a fan-like community, which, which is, we think is very important, right? If you go to, if you go to Primanti's, uh, if there's a Steelers game, People go to Primantis, right? They have Primantis tattooed to their arms, effectively. So we like that. We think it provides it provides a little bit of a of, of a balance. And then the the Hispanic part is kind of more obvious. You know, there's there's an insert of you know the Hispanic population is growing, continues to grow. The spend is there, uh, and I think we position ourselves extremely well with 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 both of these brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you, uh, how do you determine whether these brands have the local, I mean, the, the, the local strength. I mean, how, what do you, how do you measure that? That just seems to be a little bit difficult. to. Yeah. So we have, we actually, besides looking at the numbers, we have a, a, a standard consumer research that we do uh, that we have, we, we call it our secret sauce really. And, and we have some, some directional questions that we've refined over time that determine to us whether it's, it's uh, an emotionless transaction that we call it between consumer and brand or whether it's a, a loyal and emotionful transaction between consumer and brand. So what we look for is brands that have a meaning to the consumers, right? And, and because if, if they don't, and if, if it's just a good business, but it's not, you know, a craze behind it, or if it's spread out or whatever, we'll buy it. It's just not going to be an ARV. We have a bunch of other restaurant concepts that we run out of, out of Garnett Station, right? We just, we acquired Firebirds uh, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago not a couple of years ago, earlier this year, I'm on the board. It's a, it's a fantastic brand. I am shocked by how it's a great business model, but now it's spread out in 12 different states. You know, it's not as known in the locations that where it operates like, like some of the ARB brands. So it made sense to, you know, to, to make that investment, but that investment is outside the ARB platform, right? So we really, we have this very specific research that we go after the consumers to understand whether they love the brand or whether they only transact with a brand. And if they love the brand, then we, we put it into the, to the portfolio. Now, we're not looking for you know, brands with 500 units, 800, n- nothing like that. There, there, there's a bunch of filters that we use. Yeah, yeah. Did you say that there's like 40-some 40 uh, 40 uh, brands that might fit your uh, uh, model? Oh, there's more. I mean, we, we, I mean there's, we've mapped there's around 600 brands that, that fit what we can do. But there's 40 states that, that we can actually go into. The forty numbers of states that we, we we actually can go into, and it's, I mean, any anywhere from pizza to barbecue, in some cases even breakfast breakfast brands, 
there there's a bunch we're Matt we're talking we have plenty that we're we're in active conversations with the cool thing is as we bring brands into the platform you know the transition is smooth and the numbers are good you know it actually helps us a lot because we we encourage you know the founders from these companies to talk to the CEOs or talk to the the other CEOs who talk to our CEOs say listen talk to them you know they're they'll tell you how much we can help or if we can help at all and 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 that's really helped us to, to get the conversation going a lot. Mm-hmm. Are you, so um, let's let's talk. How is a is a plan to be sort of long term investors here, or or do you yeah. thinking about an exit at some point? Listen, there's so many there's so many opportunities for this. These are these are businesses that produce a lot of cash, mm-hmm. right? Get, given given the average volumes and the margins, these are businesses that produce a lot of cash, but these are also businesses that have great ROIs and new builds. So it's more of a balance and how and how much you grow them and how how much you you, you press the pedal uh, and accelerate the car. But our plan is to continue to do this, you know, for years. Uh, that's that's kind of the sweet spot of what we do: multi-unit retail and specifically on the restaurant side. Uh, that's where kind of all of us started, effectively. Even Alex and Matt, the founders of of GSP. So so we like the space a lot. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved in this? Well, I, what they, when, you know, this is a great story. So Alex and Matt, they started their company, their first investment at Wilbur Clean Garnet Station Partners was uh, the acquisition of a 30 unit Burger King franchise uh, in North Carolina in 2014 while they were still getting their MBAs. And I was running Burger King at the time and, and I threw them into the system. And, you know, we were just about to turn the corner and take off with Burger King. And I knew what they didn't. They, but they, they, they were the first people to knock on our door effectively since we acquired the company in 2010. So they joined at a very good time. They were fantastic to work with. They grew the business tremendously and we built a great relationship. So, you know, when I, when I was deciding to get out of the big corporate life and try to do, you know, work with companies that are smaller and, and where you can be quicker and more nimble, you know, we connected and, and, mm-hmm. and it was made. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting pretty big at this particular point. Yes, uh, but you know, the the, the the business is getting bigger, but the, the fundamentals are always, always the same, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like the way we the way we we connect with the acquired companies, with the founders, how we structure our deals. We keep a, a small company mindset, despite having grown a lot over the last you know five or six years. Yeah, yeah. Now you had to be patient on this Pueblo Tropical deal, did you not? We did. We were we actually very patient. We looked at it. We've been tracking it for a long time. We looked at it initially earlier this year, met with a management team, visited, decided not to, not to strike then. But then we, you know, we kept the dialogue. And I think Dirk Montgomery, the CEO of Poya Tropical, was a big reason for all this happening. Uh, you know, he took over as CEO earlier this year. He was a CFO previously. And just his demeanor and the way he goes about the business and the relationship that he kept with us, you know, he kept, they, he really wanted us to join because he, he 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 had talked to many people and seen what we're able to do he really wanted the company if the company was going to go to someone he wanted us to take it right and then you know we we, we kept in touch the numbers for this year have been amazing for Poya tropical and and then we started talking again you know three or four months ago and boom and then it went quick this this second time around it went very quick right right i mean i i uh i mean i took a look at it and, and the details on that on that deal and you know, it was really a sign of just how difficult the M and A market is to try to get yes, it. It's very sold. difficult, and obviously they had some unique issues. And it gets big, you know, gets back to I think the thing that we were talking about earlier is that a lot of 
you know, a lot of acquirers want to take something like that and make it big. But, you know, I, I always feel that that sometimes it's okay to just focus on your own market at the moment. And and mm -hmm. you, know, you can make a fair bit of money for a long time by having just a really good concept, you know, and in, in, in not trying to, to overstep your business. I mean, if I had a nickel for the number of companies that completely screwed up by messing with their uh by by growing too aggressively i mean by jumping you know by jumping to maine from florida yeah so and, so yeah. i think you know you know what really helped us jonathan i think you know some, some perhaps some of the other players that looked at it they look at it with a you know just a financial lens and a financial background and i suspect that most of them don't have like the deep-rooted experience in restaurants that that we have at garnett station and our team so, you know, when we look, when we look at the business, we just don't look at the PL. We look at, you know, we look at the menu. We look at the incidence of different items. We, we benchmark it with our other companies. We go into a level of detail of how to operate that. But we go into the kitchen. We, we do things because our knowledge of restaurants is, 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 is so, so expressive that, that I think we can see, we can see a little bit of value where perhaps some just see a wall. Oh yeah, they can't expand it outside of Florida, so you know it doesn't make sense. It actually, makes a lot of sense. We see so much opportunity to drive the top line, despite these boxes pumping three million. We think they can do a lot more, and we we can do a lot more in Florida. And I think we can do more outside of Florida, right? You know, mm -hmm. we've taken brands that perhaps have no business being in other countries to other countries before, and 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 you know, taking something that's in the United States within the United States, I think it's 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 easier. Yeah. Right. It's, it's doable. Someone has done it. We're going to find who did it. We're going to find how they did it. We're going to copy and we're going to do if, 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 if there's someone that's done it, we love it because we have no pride in being, you know, oh, I, I had the idea or I did it. I was so smart. I did. No, no, no. We love smart people because we can copy them and copy it in our own way and be smarter in the way that we run our businesses. So we're very humble uh, in, in that sense. Yeah. It's probably worth noting that Garnett Station is uh, um, the largest shareholder of Carroll's Restaurant Group, which is the former owner of Pueyo Tropical. That had to, was that that connection at all have play any role, or was just that just a random no, coincidence? That was just an absolute random coincidence. I was in the board of Carroll's for five years, uh, mm -hmm. and Dana Cardino, who was a CEO for a long time, he he was the one that did the transaction of exiting the Pueyo investment and just focusing on on. Uh, Birkin, we never talked about Boyle with Dan, right? Now, now we do. Uh, but we never, <laughs> we never did before. It was all focused on, you know, our challenges and our opportunities uh, in the burger world. And yeah, so what, what's now Carol's is how Alex and Matt started in 2014 buying the 20 uh, operator and, and what it turned into with this. Right, it's, it's amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty happy people today, actually. Yep. <laughs> they are. <laughs> You're pretty happy human beings, I hear. Alex, this was great. I really appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Same here. I mean, anything you need, anytime, reach out. And thank you for it's, it. Was, it, was, it, was, it was a pleasure speaking to you. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which is edited, as always, by Kimmy Spoons Kazmarek. Artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. And you may subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening.